Who dat, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a very special episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast. We are part of the fan side and that we're bringing you everything New Orleans Saints. That includes news, analysis, opinions, and as always, fantastic guests, which this episode has one, and we are very excited. I'll have Tyler introduce him in just a minute. First, want to get to the regulars, of course, for, uh, uh, to start out with. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown, joined with our senior analyst, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Saint Charlie. Charlie, what's going on, dude? Long time no talk. <laughs> Doing great, man. How are you guys? What's up, Tyler? Uh, nothing much, man. I uh, just got a great guy introduced in a second. But uh, yeah, it's a crazy episode. So today, guys, it's Thursday, October twenty fifth. Let it be known that today we were honored by having by far the best guest on this podcast to date. So join us as Saints legend. He's also an author, an actor a stuntman, and a judo instructor, Mr. Quinn Early. How are you doing, Quinn? I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for having me, you guys. Of course, of absolute course. Absolute honor, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. Played football back when football was still football, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> None of this arena ball stuff. <laughs> exactly. exactly. All right. So, all right, uh, let's just uh, kick right into it, guys. So, we want to uh, kick off first, Quinn, talking about your career. You know, in case no, uh, in case anybody hasn't heard of you, we want to get them, you know, up to date. So, from the years 1988 to 99, you were uh, a beast in the NFL. You played with the Chargers, the Saints, of course, the Bills, and the Jets. You hauled in in 179 games, 460 balls, for 6,500 uh, 6, receiving yards and 40 touchdowns. Man, you're incredible. Well, the first question I want to ask you is, well, of course, you know, this being a Saints podcast, what was it like playing for the Saints uh, back when you played in the NFL? Well, I'll tell you, I absolutely loved it. Uh, like you mentioned, I started with the Chargers, played my first three years in San Diego, and uh, we weren't very good. Uh, it was a pretty <laughs> volatile situation as far as, um, you know, people getting cut. And, you know, it's a, it's such a business, uh, that yeah. league. So when you don't do well uh, – you know, jobs are all up in the air. There were days when, you know, I'd get in the huddle and I didn't know the guy standing next to me. Um, wow. So that was that was a pretty rough go of it. And uh, I was fortunate enough uh, when I became a free agent uh, to visit the Saints and, and Jim Finks, for those of you that remember him, you know, he was a pretty amazing general manager. And, uh, you know, he really wanted to sign me. So I signed with New Orleans and I'm so glad that I did because I had a phenomenal time playing there. Really enjoyed playing with Jim Mora and, um, you know, just some of my best memories of the NFL are with the Saints. Well, that's awesome. You know, what was the free agency process like back then? I'm sure it's totally different or actually could could be a lot of similarities how it is today. But I'm assuming back then it was. Uh, definitely change of pace as in terms of today's NFL. How what was free agency like? Like being a free agent back in the day, what was the, that process like? Meeting with teams and whatnot. The 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 big difference was you know the, the money now is so much mm. bigger. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So that is a huge factor. Back then, um, actually, in my situation, they had used to have what's called Plan B free agency, and what that was was every team at the end of the season had to put 15 players on a list, whether they were free agents or not. So basically those were the throwaway players, players that they didn't care if they left or not. Um, So I was actually placed on that list. You know, uh, Bobby Mm. Bethard was the general manager at the time. And for whatever reason, I was on the top of his get rid of list. Uh, You know, I was a young player. I was only 23 at the time, something like that. And, 
and uh, he just didn't like me. So at the end of that, my third year, uh, I was placed on that plan B free agency list. And that list, usually what happens is if no other team picks you up, then you're welcome to stay on your team. But I was told that if no other team picked me up, then they weren't going to sign. They weren't going to keep me either. Um, so I was truly was a throwaway at that point. Um, and I actually had about 20 at the time there was 28 teams in the league and I was contacted by 20 of the 28 teams. So nice. You know, that, that, that was pretty incredible. Uh, visited a bunch of teams, but when I visited with the saints, I just got that feeling. This is where I needed to be. And I'm, I'm super excited that, you know, I was super excited to sign with them and uh, things worked out really well. And I really enjoyed my time. That's awesome. Mm. I didn't know yeah. about that plan. Fans B, love you, man. Plan B free agency. I, I had never yeah. heard of that. That's interesting. That's almost like yeah. what teams do for when an expansion team comes in, right? You gotta, you can only keep so many guys. And in this case, I guess it's opposite. You can only, you know, put a list of so many guys together of, I guess, who you want to get rid of. So very interesting idea. I didn't, I didn't even know yeah. that was a thing. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, and, uh, here's an interesting question for you. So, uh, non-biased uh, opinion here. Obviously, you've been with a few teams. Uh, who is your favorite team uh, to play for in general? Just between the coaches, the players, the atmosphere. Was it New Orleans, or do you think there was another one? Absolutely, it was it was New Orleans. Um, yeah. oh, I had my best awesome. years there. Um, I was raising my family. I had two small children. Um, made, made some of the best friends I've ever had. You know, we had this uh, receiving core. When I was there, it was myself. Uh, when I first got there, it was Floyd Turner, uh, mm-hmm. Eric Martin, and then they had signed Torrance Small, and then they brought in Michael Haynes, who played for the Falcons for, for years. Mm-hmm. And, man, we were just a super close unit. We went to dinner together. We watched the UFC fights at each other's houses. Our families did stuff together. And we just had a lot of fun playing football. And... The nice thing is, I mean, we we were winning in those years too. So, yeah. All in all, it was just a, a great experience. And I'll tell you, out of all of my coaches, I, I really enjoyed playing for Jim Mora. I know that mm-hmm. uh, you know he had a reputation of, of of saying some, you know, getting out some sound bites that people still <laughs> use to this day. <laughs> he had a couple yeah, out. Very passionate guy. Yeah, playoffs and all that stuff. But <laughs> he um, he was a really good coach. He was tough on us at times, but what I really liked about him was in a business where, you know, you're told one thing and then something else happens, you know, that's is pretty common. And he was straight up with you. You knew, you knew exactly where you stood with him. And I really appreciated that. You know, if, if you were one of his guys and you worked hard and you played hard, then you knew that, you know, and if you weren't cutting it and you weren't playing well, you knew that too. Mm. So I really enjoyed playing for him. And as far as the fans go, absolute best fans uh, in that whole league, um, the Saints fans. You know, they're with you whether you're winning or not. They, you know, they live and die with the Saints and and, uh, just absolute phenomenal fans. And and I have to say that, you know, hands down, that was my best uh, experience in my 12 years. And you you were there, I guess, maybe towards the tail end of the Dome Patrol era. Like, Uh, how did how did it feel on offense? Um, you know, you go out on offense and you know you know that the other side of the ball is just as ferocious as the Dome Patrol. It had to be well, awesome. I, well, I was actually there during the height of the Dome mm. Patrol. I, I, right. signed Saints, wow. I signed with the Saints in 91. So, yeah. you know, and those were the, you know, us winning the, the NFC West days. And, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, no, it was a phenomenal defense. And listen, I don't care what anybody says. You know, you you win with great defense because if you oh, have a great sure. defense and you score seven points and the other team doesn't score any points, <laughs> you win. You yeah. know, and uh, not only that, but we had a phenomenal kicker in Morton Anderson. You know, we always knew that if we got the ball on the 50 yard line, right smack dab on that Saints helmet, that was three points. You know, um, yeah. so having a defense like that was definitely a plus. Uh, they picked us up at times. We won games because of them. You know, there's, oh, yeah. there's definitely no denying that. And, uh, you know, it was a pleasure playing with those guys. They were phenomenal players. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it's funny. It's probably a real uh, shift for you now, you know, seeing the Saints, how they operate now. And it's all led by Drew Brees. And then compared to back then when it was all defense first. But that's crazy, you know. And, you know, obviously you were in the league for a while. But, uh, Quinn, what did you enjoy most about the league? You know, whether it be the on-field stuff, you know, hanging with players, the fans. What do you enjoy most about, you know, playing the NFL? I would have to say the camaraderie, right? I mean, obviously yeah. the money the money was nice, right? <laughs> but, but, <laughs> there you uh, go. The camaraderie. I mean, just being in the locker room with the fellas and, you know, cracking jokes. And, you know, we used to get on the plane, um, you know, we'd have an away game. And <clears throat> we'd get on the plane and everybody would have to wear a suit. And, you know, we'd all, everybody would make fun of each other. And, you know, <laughs> why, are you wearing, why are you wearing that purple suit? You know, just, just <laughs> silly stuff, you know? And um, it has to be one of the only professions where, you know, I, I would say professional sports in general, but, you know, the only field where it's still like a kid's game, you know, in some scenario, in some 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 aspects and yeah. laughing with your friends and getting along with your buddies. And I'll tell you, you know, me being in, um, you know, in Hollywood now and doing stunts and, and stuff like that, that's the closest thing to it, being able to hang, you know, with the people and and have fun and crack jokes and you know when it's time to perform you definitely have to perform and do your stuff but you know in between there the the good times is what really what it's all about that's funny it's funny you mentioned stunts too we were we were googling you a bit if you don't mind and we actually found out you actually uh jumped out uh it did will uh smith's stunt before him and you were yeah. the helicopter. Yeah, the helicopter bungee jump over the Grand Canyon. You and you, yeah. you were the first human being to do that too. If right, if, yeah, if that's you're the real goat here, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'll tell you. So, um, T.J. White, who was the stunt coordinator on that uh, deal, he called me and asked me if I'd be interested in doing it. Mm. And I paused for a second because I'll have to tell you, I'm scared of heights. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. Yeah, and, um, but it was a it was one of those opportunities where I had a chance to overcome my fears. Yeah, and do something that I would normally never do. So I said yes, and we actually we did it first. We were out in Simi Valley, which is out here near Los Angeles, mm. and we were at a rock quarry, and you know they were figuring out how to do it safely so that you know Will you know wouldn't get killed doing it. Mm, mm. So <laughs> yeah, uh, we went up. Uh, 600 feet in the helicopter, and it was a 200 foot bungee. And I was standing on the skid of the bungee and facing into the helicopter, so I could see into the helicopter and had to come off the skid of the helicopter backwards. Ooh, and, oh my gosh! And I'll tell you, the first time I did it was uh, <laughs> super scary. Uh, yeah. I actually felt like I was falling. Like I felt like I was falling to my death. But then once it slowed down. And the bungee was complete. It was one of the most exhilarating things I've ever done. And then uh, they asked me if I wanted to go out to uh, the Grand Canyon and do it again, just to make sure it was all good you know, before Will did it. 
And again, it was just a, it was a phenomenal experience. I'm glad that I did it. Something I never would have done just on my own. Um, but it was great. A lot of fun. So you got to, uh, crazy. Yeah. I was looking through your, your IMDb profile. Um, I love movies. I'm a big time movie guy. And, uh, I saw that you, you got to work a little bit with 50 cent in, uh, Den of Thieves. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, actually on that, I just did a little bit of uh, light driving. So sometimes I'll drive cars. Mm. Yeah. I'll just, you know, do those kind of stunts too. But, um, yeah, I got to work on that movie. That was a lot of fun. And it's always fun. It's always fun. I got to, uh, so like a <laughs> little goofy fact about me. One time I was in this really low budget uh, movie that no one's heard of. It was this guy who's like a big time zombie movie buff. And uh, he made a series called, um, oh, the second movie was called Trapped. And, uh, I was actually a, I was actually kind of a, a stunt zombie in that movie, and I got beat up by the uh, ah. protagonist of the story. Right, right. Oh, <laughs> Why didn't but you continue then, with I, it? Huh? Why didn't you continue with it? I mean, I, I, it was weird. It was one of those like, um, like a buddy of mine who I went to college with was he was big into those kind of things. He did, uh, he did um, uh, National Treasure. There's a scene where there's a lecture hall. Um, scene there and actually took place at our college at University of Maryland. He was in that and then through that he got a couple other opportunities and asked me if I wanted to do it and I told him, yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to do it. I, I mean, that was one of the fun, I mean, it was just like a straight to DVD kind of movie, but like, it was it was so much fun and uh, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine, you know, after a life of football um, here you are doing that which is cool out in California. You got the book stuff going on. It just seems like you have a lot of really cool stuff to, to shed light on. I do. You know, I've been I've been pretty fortunate um, in life to be able to do all the things that I love. You know, um, yeah. now as it, as far as how I got there, um, you know, I was always presented the opportunity, but I always worked extremely hard to be successful. And I'll tell you, the same thing goes with stunts, right? You have to put mm-hmm. get the energy, you get out of it what the energy that you put in. Yeah, and I've just worked extremely hard at it, and it took me a few years, but uh, now I do it, you know. And I'll tell you what's pretty cool is that my oldest son, uh, Cameron, is also a stunt man, oh. and uh, oh. we get to work together sometimes. So that's, that's always awesome. awesome. That's always yeah. awesome. Oh, that's, that's crazy, like that. Charlie. You need to send me that clip of you getting beat up. Then that's the I will find. It. So it's kind of funny. Is like I'm I'm not a really big guy, but I'm not that small. I'm about six two, one ninety five, mm. and. Uh, the guy who beat me up, the guy who beat me up is probably like, I don't know, maybe five, seven, 140 that's, pounds. That's me. Now, that's me, man. Yeah, that's, well, that's like my that's size, man. You no, know, okay. So here's another funny fact about that was I was just I just signed up to be a zombie extra, like get my face mm-hmm. painted and act like a zombie. So the director was like, all right, I hired two um, fight dummies or something like that. Where are you? And one guy was right there in the front. He was ready to go. And no one else would raise their hand. I was like, it's me. I'm here. You called me. He's like, oh, well, get over here. And that's how I ended up doing it. I just completely lied about who I was. Wow, that's great. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff is really fun. There's nothing cooler than being on a movie set. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, Really enjoy it, too. For sure. So, Quinn, back to the football. Obviously, you know, being a receiver – it's crazy. You know, you have all these one-on-one matchups. You have cornerbacks that go against safeties, defensive backs. We want to know for the fans at home, our listeners, who would you say right now in your in your tenure uh, in the NFL, 
was the hardest defensive back you played against? You know, maybe maybe they're a press corner, or maybe they just uh, they challenge you with the routes, or just anything you could tell us. I would have to say Eric Allen, uh, who okay. was, actually, was actually my teammate in, in New Orleans for uh, for a little bit, but he, uh, you know, he played primarily for the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, the thing about him was he was such a technician. He wasn't the biggest guy. He wasn't the fastest guy. But he studied tendencies, and you, I always knew that when I played against him, I had to run my absolute best routes. Uh-huh. I had to do things uh, that would not tip him off where I would be. And I actually had, had a chance out here in San Diego to coach uh, a couple of his sons at Cathedral Catholic High School. My son went there, and Eric's kids go there. So I've had a chance to coach them, and we've had a couple of conversations. And one thing he said about me was that, I never stuck to tendencies. In other words, for yeah. example, if you run a quick slant, right, right. your split is going to be wide outside the numbers to create some space so that you can run inside. If you're going to run yeah. an out route, you line up tight to create some room so you don't run out of bounds when you run your out route. So that's what I mean when I say tendencies. Sure. And um, he always said that I did a good job of disguising those tendencies. So he had a hard time with me, and and it was it was very mutual because I had a hard time beating him and you had to really sell stuff because he was so on top of it but anyway to answer your question it would definitely have to be him mm, that's awesome you know and it's funny right now you know how everything's really changing you know and how uh aggressive sometimes wide receivers and corners can be and how you know especially actually it's a great segue uh, especially how passive they can be sometimes you know with all the rule changes but i'm actually really curious to know you know the time you played in during the nfl it was a real different time to now you know so much has changed and what do you think of all those changes? You know, being a receiver back then and how everything has led up to now, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, first, let me start by saying if they had the rules that they have now, <laughs> I probably could have played five more years. There you go, yeah. <laughs> um, you, know, uh, you know, back then, you'd go up over the middle oh, for a geez. ball and they'd cut you in half. Oh, yeah. And, uh, it was definitely... Brutal. Yeah, it was definitely a much rougher game back then. But I understand, you know, with all of the knowledge and the and the science and the research that they've done, I think that they're attempting to make the game as safe as possible. Uh, there's no total way to make it that way without taking the pads off and putting flags on people. Right, but yeah. uh, I think that they're doing what they can to try to make it the game safer. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and kudos to you, you know, for being able to play the league for that long and, you know... Mm. Uh, have anybody really uh kill you you know when you're going up for a ball but yeah. it's funny speaking of um you know the times are changing we're speaking about now obviously we brought you here too because you know this podcast is all about the new orleans saints whether that be back when you played or the 2018 saints now which are five and one and we're super excited about that mm-hmm. we want to know you know more specifically if you've been keeping an eye on you know the michael thomas led group and the saints receivers right now and yeah. how they've been doing and, you know, you being a wide receiver, what you notice, you know, the knowledge that you bring that a typical fan or a typical analyst probably wouldn't have. So I guess my first question to ask about that is, how do you feel the Saints wide receivers are performing? You know, obviously, Drew Brees always targets Michael Thomas, the the Tega Jr. when he was healthy, you know. and But how do you feel from a wide receiver standpoint, how are they doing, you know, every week? I think they're doing great, you know. Yeah. Drew does a phenomenal job of preparing everyone around him and making sure that everyone's 
on top of their assignments. Mm. Um, I've had an opportunity to work out with Drew. You know, he spends really? a lot of San Diego. And, wow. uh, you know, I've been friends with him actually for a long time and just been there when he's worked out with just a different mix of people. You know, sometimes high school kids will come out, sometimes college mm-hmm. people come out, but it's his preparation. And when he gets on that field, you know, what he brings to the preparation of the game. And I think that's always rubbed off on his teammates. You know, if you, yeah. if you really look at it, he's had a bunch of really good receivers. And a lot of that is due to him helping them to prepare. Now, I'll tell you, Michael Thomas, he is a player way beyond his years. He understands the nuances of the NFL game. It's a lot faster than the college game. Uh, you have to be really on top of it a lot more because it's a lot more competitive and he makes it look easy. He's he out there, you know, yeah. uh, and he just makes everybody else look bad and he does yeah. a phenomenal job. I'm really, I'm really impressed with him and he's off to a great career. And, uh, you know, as long as he can stay healthy, which I think he will, you know, there's no reason why, you know, he won't be a hall of fame type player, but he's, he's, he's a really good player. The, as the, the receiving core as a whole now, um, there's not a whole lot of production. Benjamin yeah, Watson. That's what we've been good. saying. Yeah. Benjamin Watson, Watson is having a, a really good season. And, you know, like you said, you know, Ted Ginn uh, isn't that healthy right now, but you know, he's just a guy, he's a really good utility guy through the years. And, uh, you know, if you look at his overall career, I mean, the guy, I didn't realize it, but the guy's been playing 12 years already. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. You know, I, he can it, still fly. Yeah. yeah. And, he still, and he can still fly, you know? So, when he's healthy, he's a really, you know, big asset. And, uh, you know, Drew just does a good job of spreading the ball around. Um, so I think overall they're a good, they're a good group. Uh, I think a couple of more guys can step up and, and make a few more plays. But uh, overall, I think they're doing a good job. Yeah, I think, seems, uh, I like think Traquan Smith has so much potential to be a really, really, really good wide receiver. He can take the top off and – We've seen him make a couple crazy toe-tap catches that you don't typically see rookies make. And, and it's not like this is his you know seventh or eighth full-time game. He had a really limited role, and he's being asked to do a little bit more with Ginn out. And I've, some of the plays he's made, um, I, he, that's a receiver that really impresses me. I, I would yeah. like to see – yeah. I'd like yeah, to see, I'd, go I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I'd like to see Cam Meredith do a little bit more um, – but Traquan Smith is is one of those dudes who I think will be here playing really good football for a long time. I agree. I agree. You know, and, and here's the thing that people have to realize too: wide receiver is a position where, and I've I've heard Chris Carter talk about this, and I'm I, I agree with him 100. percent Playing receiver in the NFL, a big part of that is scheme, and what I mean by that is. If a team decides, the offense coordinator, the head coach, they decide that this is a guy we want to feature, we're going to make plays for him, we're going to get the ball in his hands between 10, 15, 20 times, that's when receivers really excel and blow up. You can be open every single time, but if they're not throwing you the ball, you're not going to catch the ball. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I'm really a perfect example of that. If you look at my career – my first few years, um, you know, I caught 30 balls, 45 balls, 35 balls, you know, things like that. And when Jim Everett came to the Saints, 
they really didn't still really didn't game plan to get me the ball. But Jim liked the way I ran my routes. I prepared. I did all that. And he turned to me and he said, listen, be ready. I'm going to get you the ball. And, you know, those years that I played with him, I had 80 80 plus catches every year. And now all of a sudden people are going, wow, you really got better. It wasn't that. It was that scheme change. It was a scheme change. And once I started making plays, then the offense, then the offense coordinator was Carl Smith at the time. Then he started game planning to get me the ball. There you go. And, um, you know, so a lot of times it's that. But I I, I agree with you. I think Traquan Smith can be a really good player in this league. Um, You know, I I think he's going to do big things, you know, in the future. And it's hard, like, as far as scheme, it gets hard. It's kind of hard for Peyton in the offense to not prepare uh, each week for the offensive game plan to not kind of go through Michael Thomas in the receiving game just because he's – He's consistently winning his one-on-one battles, be it if he's being pressed at the line of scrimmage or if they're trying to bracket him. Like you said, he understands the nuances of the game, I guess because of his, you know, he was kind of around it as a kid. But, like, his ability to always be open, catch 90-something percent of the balls thrown at him. It's like, insane. It, it might be that the scheme just favors him because of how good he is. But oh, his, his, uh, his, you know, his, his, his supporting cast, I think, is... Um, is good enough to to make plays when we need them to. But yeah, well, I, I do always, would like to see a little bit more. I do. I yeah, am. yeah. You're always going to have your number one receiver, um, and he's definitely it by far. But I'll tell you, you know, <clears throat> my those years when I was with the Saints, I think mm-hmm. in eighty. I'm sorry, in ninety four it was. I think I I caught eighty one. I had eighty one catches. Wow. I think Michael Haynes had 77 catches, and I think Torrance Small had high 50s. Mm, right. So we were an extremely productive receiving core as a group, and there's no reason why that can't be. But you always, you know, you definitely have to have your your top go-to guy. And Michael Smith, you know, um, I mean, uh, Michael Thomas is definitely that. Yeah, 94 and, and 95, you were you were you went off. You had 82 and 81 catches. You know, combined twelve touchdowns those two years. That's it's crazy. Yeah, it's just it's it's funny. There's a reason why they call him King Card Mike on Twitter. You know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're lucky. I mean, this is this is in my opinion the you know outside of Jimmy Graham and Antonio Gates playing tight end, Michael Thomas in my opinion is the best the best talent wise wide receiver he's had. Marcus Colson will go down as being you know. (laughs) <laughs> the unsung hero of Drew Brees' career, but as far as overall talent, it's really hard for me to not put Michael Thomas ahead of any other receiver that Drew's had. Yeah, I agree. I agree yeah. with that. It's funny, you know. You you mentioned all the nuances about Michael Thomas, what makes him so great, you know. And it's funny here. Here's a great simula- similarity between you two, and how much you prepared, you know, for the game, and how well that really helped you perform as time progressed. But Looking at him now, I know it's a tough question to ask, but do you see anything, maybe the way that he prepares, or the maybe uh, the way he runs his routes, or the way he catches, or do you see anything similar to him that you saw in yourself that is really helping the Saints going forward? Again, I just think that he's beyond his years, you know, as far as yeah. knowing how to get that separation. You know, being open in the NFL is different than being open in college or high school. You know, Absolutely. being open is the guys are all over you. And you know, yeah. puts it in a nice spot, and you can lean to it, and now you you know you made the play. 
Um, but he does a really good job of sitting it down in the zone. He does a really good job of beating the press man coverage. He does, you know, he's just a well-rounded guy. And when you can be that, you know, a lot of guys are, they're a speed demon where they can only run deep. Then you have guys who, you know, who get in that slot, you know, those little guys, you know, the West Welkers and the, you know, those kind of guys and sit it down in the hole. But he's a guy who can do all of that. Yeah. And that's really hard to come by. And especially at his size. I mean, the guy's six, mm. when you watch him play, you'd think he's a little guy, the way he moves, the way he runs, but the guy's six, three. Mm. I know. It's uh, crazy. I can't believe yeah. he fell to us in the second round. He, he has all the tangibles to be a number one receiver in the, in the NFL. Oh, yeah. And the intangibles, as, as yeah, Quinn's yeah. mentioned, yep. he's got it all. So we're lucky to have him. I I'm, can't wait till you know, they can't wait to see what the rest of his career with us is. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, me too. You know, and uh, I think the main question, uh, the one last question I have for you, I found on the spot right now, but, you know, obviously the Saints right now, they found a red-hot offense. Uh, their defense, it's getting there, but uh, it's a tough question to ask you. But I, I think all the Saints fans want to know, if you had to guess where you think their their ceiling is right now, would you say it's the Super Bowl, or do you think they're making the playoffs, or what do you think of this 2018 team? They're doing really well. well. I, but. I think I think that they definitely have the potential to to get all the way there. I think that the true test is going to be uh, this week, right? They play the Vikings. Yeah, it's yeah, gonna be a tough, tough game. And I'll actually be there for the game when they play against uh, the Rams. So if they I can beat, too. yeah, yeah, I'll they can be down beat, there. Yeah, they can beat these two teams, especially the Rams. That will really tell the story. Now, if they don't, that doesn't put them out, but it definitely, yeah. it'll, I think it'll definitely tell all of us where they're at and uh, what they need to work on, and and if they have the potential to get there. Um, but at this point, they're looking really good. I definitely think they can do it. Like you said, I think they need to shore up a little more on defense so they can keep, you know, the other offenses from scoring and keep doing their thing on offense. There's no reason why they can't go all the way with it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we, we appreciate your response, sir. We, we do appreciate, you know, and well, hopefully for our Saints' sake, they go far, you know, and but uh, it's funny, we're going to switch topics a bit, you know, and we actually want to get into a bit of your endeavors, you know, what you've been doing outside the NFL, outside of everything, you know. And actually, guys, I want you to listen up to this because uh, Quinn's actually supporting a lot of great causes as a book out. I actually want to tell you a little bit about it. So if you guys haven't already heard, you know, of course, Quinn, he played football. He, he was great at that. But he's written a book that has a great cause behind it, that has a great message. It's about his family lineage. It's amazing. And I've spoken to a lot of people about it. Uh, Quinn, actually, a few people you know that they've been supporting you, too. Uh, Just local people around here. John Butler, Sean Williams, and they love the book. Everybody loves, you know, the love story, how it's forbidden. It's insightful. It's powerful. I'm not going to spoil for anything. Uh, for anything for anyone yet but Quinn if you could could you tell our listeners a lot about uh, your book and the meaning behind it and all the, the the charities and the organizations that you have supporting your book right now and yeah well thank you for that so of course yeah my my mom wrote this amazing book and uh, it's about my family history it's about my actually about my grandfather seven generations removed and he was a man named Sherrod Bryant and he was a free man of color during slavery, and he sold himself into indentured servitude. He fell in love, and then he went on to become one of the wealthiest landowners in the South, and he built this multiracial community. 
Um, so as you mentioned, it's a love story. He fell in love actually with the plantation owner's daughter. And it's, it's a pretty amazing book. And my mom, she, she was unfortunately diagnosed with Alzheimer's in 2008. And she asked mm. me to have this book published for her. So she passed away in 2013. Mm. And once I read the book, I just, it, it almost was like a, the, the wheels started turning and the ball started rolling and, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it became bigger than me. And I just, I went, I had the book published for her and uh, the proceeds from the book I'm giving to Alzheimer's research. Mm-hmm. Um, Love it. That's fantastic. So it, That's it, great. It's, it's just been a pretty phenomenal experience. I raised over $15,000 out here in San Diego for the wow. Alzheimer's Association and uh, we did this walk, uh, the walk to end Alzheimer's. And I'm actually going to be doing one in New Orleans on Saturday, November 3rd, uh, out in Mandeville. So anybody who anybody who wants to join my team, it's early intervention. You just go to the Alzheimer's Association website and you put in the name of the team, early intervention, and come walk with me. Um, and then on Saturday evening, the yep. 3rd, we're going to be at Impostados in um, Metairie, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to have just a players meet and greet. There are going to be some former Saints there, Torrance Small, Tyrone Hughes. I believe Ricky Jackson is going to be there. We're going to try to get a couple of other guys. So you can come on down and get some autographs. And uh, I'll tell you, if you – anybody who buys the book, you go to my website, which is bryantacres.com, and you purchase the book – um, the proceeds again will go to Alzheimer's research. And That's awesome. So if you purchase the book and you screenshot that receipt and you email it to me at bryantacres at gmail.com, you'll be entered into uh, a prize winning deal where the winners, there are going to be two winners who win a 2018 autographed New Orleans Saints helmet. That's crazy. And then one winner will have dinner at Empastados with us on Saturday the 3rd. So go to bryantacres.com, order the book, screenshot, send the receipt to bryantacres at gmail.com for a chance to win. And I'll tell you, there aren't, it, you know, you, you, if you do it, you have a good shot because there aren't that many people who've done it yet. Yeah. Um, so go ahead and get on there and order the book. The money goes to a good cause, and I'm really excited about it. And uh, you know, then I'll be going to Iowa, where I played college football, and mm-hmm. I'll be working with the Alzheimer's Association there, and I have some book signings. And Aww. so that's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. So that's that's awesome. Awesome. Quinn. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Really, really it's, yeah, yeah, I was just, I was just gonna say that it's funny you mentioned that too, Quinn, because uh, I don't know if you heard, but. Uh, you know, the three of us, we decided, you know, uh, we love, you know, the, the cause that you're doing, you know, uh, everything behind it, people that are backing it. You know, I've been talking to people that have been backing it, too. I mentioned Sean, uh, Sean Williams, Sean Butler, etc. We're actually doing a thing on Twitter right now, too. So we might be sending some guys your way. But uh, we've been saying on the last couple episodes, guys, we're doing a giveaway on our Twitter. We're going to be giving away five copies of Quinn's, uh, his family's book. It's an amazing story. You definitely have to check it out. All you have to do is check out our pinned tweet, where uh, all you have to do is retweet it, and we'll be giving out digital copies. So that way, oh. through that connection, then if they screenshot it, they can send it to you, and hopefully, have a good chance of winning. But absolutely, yeah. Thank you for doing that. And oh, uh, you know, it's it's just amazing how many people you know that disease touches. You know, oh, in yeah. a negative yeah. way. I, 
you know, just people just coming to me saying, you know, my grandmother, my my husband's mom, my my father, you know, all these people. And you know, there's 5.6 million people living in the United States with Alzheimer's right now. And wow. one out of 10 will get Alzheimer's or dementia by age 65. And mm-hmm. one out of five at 75, one out of three in your 80, in their 80s. So wow. it's, uh, you know, just trying to it's raise high money, numbers. do some research and, and, and yeah. uh, try to beat this thing. Absolutely. And what a better way to do it by um, publishing your mom's book. I mean, the story, I mean, who doesn't love a love story? Absolutely. And then who doesn't love a love story where, uh, you know, a free man in the South gives that up? <laughs> and lo and yeah. behold, uh, his destiny meets his, his future. I mean, the whole thing is just great. great. And, yeah. yeah, and I'll tell you, you know, it really is a story, too, just about overcoming the odds, getting it done even when no one else believes that you can get it done, which is really kind of my story because everybody yeah. and their grandmother told me that I would never make it. Mm. You're not big enough. You're not fast enough. How do yeah. you think you can make it to the NFL? That, that, that kind of stuff. And just being able to accomplish your dreams anyway, it's just a really good message. And especially for young people, you know, never listen to that. You know, always take that negative energy and you, you use it as rocket fuel to propel you to success. That's what I always say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. This well, is it's pretty really much amazing, a, you know. And, yeah. It's an ultimate this is the ultimate story about about that, overcoming, you know, fighting perseverance and overcoming it and being successful. It, it seems like in general, you know, you 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 convey a great message, you know. Uh, just like everything you mentioned today, we we appreciate that, you know. And if you guys, you know, listening at home, if you ever need any inspiration or uh, you know, if you ever want to look up to somebody well, look up to Quinn Early, you know, because look at what he's done. And not only has he, you know, played professional football, but he, he's a stuntman doing things before Will Smith, you know, and <laughs> everything. He's an actor. That It's also crazy. But, Quinn, we, we appreciate uh, you coming on. You know, I, we're humbled. You know, we're, we're blessed. We're honored. It, it's been a great pleasure. But we want to talk to you for a sec, too. Uh, if you can plug away, you know, any of your social media, everywhere where they can find you, all your links again. Just so people uh, remember, you know, just to check check you out everywhere. Yeah, so you can follow me just at Quinn Early on Twitter and Instagram and also on LinkedIn. I'm on there. Um, Quinn Early, author, speaker on Facebook. And uh, again, just BryantAcres.com. Go there, order my mom's amazing book. And, of course. Uh, you know, screenshot the receipt, send it to bryantacres at gmail.com for a chance to win some cool autograph saint stuff and perhaps dinner with, with some former players. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate you guys having me. Of course. Um, we, we appreciate you being on, you know, and it, it's crazy. You know, Saints fans these days, they're passionate, you know, and if they love anything, it's meeting Saints, uh, Saints players and uh, having Saints gear. So we'll, we'll definitely have to check back in with you with that and We'll let you know. I think right now, I think we're almost at 10 people that retweeted it. So it's going good so far. Awesome. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And No, go ahead, Tom. You, if you oh, I was just uh, – actually, you go first because I was just going to – I was going to sign off. But you're good, oh, man. Yeah, you no, go. no, no. I was just saying – yeah, no, no. Again, really, really appreciate you coming on the show today, Quinn. Uh, this is another fantastic bonus episode for you guys. Uh, so really hope you enjoy it again. Uh, check out all the links and uh, everywhere Quinn told you about to, to follow him and, and uh, get that stuff. And you can follow us on Twitter as well to uh, uh, participate in that uh, contest for the amazing cause as well. Uh, but yeah, again, Quinn, thanks so much, man, for uh, coming on. Really wanted yeah, to extend our gratitude you. to you. That awesome, awesome stuff. Really appreciate it.
Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. And again, really quick, guys, for all of our social media, like we've been saying, at the WDD podcast, that's where you can find the pinned tweet. And, you know, if you want to support Quinn Early and his endeavors and what we're doing to spread the word about his amazing book and Alzheimer's and everything positive that way, make sure you check it out. And as far as our tw- uh, Twitter accounts, at St. Charlie, at Dean underscore Brown underscore, and at Raymond Tyler M. And make sure to check out our podcast episodes on Spreaker.com and iTunes. That's where you'll be finding these episodes. But yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, uh, you guys have a great day. You too, Quinn. Thanks so much again. And guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk to you guys soon, as always. Who that? Who that?